0: Hi, I'm Lady and part of my journeying with books as a publisher, as an author and as the founder of the Book Academy, a book club on steroids, I come across fascinating people who love to read and books are really important to them. This is one of their stories now. Welcome back, everyone. It's lovely. I am going to talk books with Chris Sissons. He is a member of the Book Academy and is an avid reader. I mean, he's already said to me books I should be reading. And when I take up his recommendations, I am so pleased. But we met through networking. uh, And the thing that fascinates me in all the things you've done in your life chris but one of the things you are very interested in is about telling stories and doing that verbally so let, let, let's talk books but let's talk about the difference between the telling stories that you're involved in
1: uh the different yeah between that and book, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't work in any particular medium. Uh, it could be uh, spoken stories or it could be uh, written stories or audio, vi- video and so on. It depends because I'm a, actually a marketing coach. So I'm helping people to market their business. And uh, the decisions they make about the medium uh, has an implication for their storytelling.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, but you do run a uh, storytelling masterclass as well, don't you?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, second and fourth Thursdays. And uh, we've got a very eminent storyteller uh, next week, which is the second Thursday in May. My uh, goodness. It's coming up too Yes. Uh, so I'm hoping you've got a good story lined up.
0: I have. But I the am-
1: idea is hopefully we'll get a few other people there as well. Uh, I say hopefully because last time we had five lined up and only one turned up. So you never (laughs) quite know what's going to happen. But the idea is to have a conversation about the story. And we don't often get the opportunity to discuss our own stories for maybe 30, 45 minutes. Uh, So we can go in depth and look at it and uh, explore different ways of telling it and what it might be used for in terms of promoting your own business.
0: Yeah, that, that that's great. And I know when I'm on there, um then it's 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 going from my story of being dyslexic to where I am now as a lover of books and um publisher and author. But yes. anyway, so tell me about your you know what you're reading at the moment.
1: Well, I'd like to give you a little bit of background as to what's behind what I'm reading. There's an open space uh, near the Sheffield city centre, which we call the Ponderosa, which we think was named after the ranch in Bonanza, if you remember Bonanza. (laughs) Uh, 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 (laughs) It's actually old Spanish for wise woman. Uh, So uh, Ponder is, uh, is sort of associated with thought and Rosa presumably means a a woman so anyway um, uh, as you walk up uh, up the hill uh, there's a path uh, and on the right uh, there's the old wreck or the tip and it's a recreation ground on top of what was a a tip a long time ago and on the left there's a bank that goes up to a road uh, at the top of the bank And that bank is covered in trees. And I planted those trees. Or to be more accurate, I organised the local people who planted the trees. (laughs) I take take full credit for this. But the thing is, even though I often tell this story, uh, it's very unlikely after I'm dead and gone, many people, if any, will remember that I planted those trees or was responsible for planting those trees. So it's what I call an, an anonymous legacy. And it's possibly my longest lasting legacy. When I'm dead and gone, those trees are most likely still be there. And uh, if we dig down beneath those trees, I mean, one of the questions I have in mind is, they've been there 20, or 30 years now, so they're looking quite mature. But how mature are the fungal networks that connect those trees together? How long does it actually take for a wood to become mature in that way? dig down a bit further across the recreation ground on the other side there's a there was a school and i can remember having a conversation with the head teacher at that school and the children would uh went across the ponderosa and dug around the bottom of the slope before we planted the trees and maybe a few years before we planted the trees and he showed me boxes of what they collected as well as the sort of glass bottles with a marble in the neck most of what they collected were clay pipes and oyster shells. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was that slope had a zigzag, a zigzag, zig uh, of houses down one side. So the whole of that slope had a little street called Blythe Road. And the last building on that street was a corner shop. And the children from the school used to go across and buy sweets there. But the people who lived in the houses dumped their ashes on the tip and the ashes contained oyster shells because people ate, it was a poor person's food, so they were cheap. People ate the oysters and threw the shells away and the clay pipes were also disposable. So um, that slope has actually got a lot of history.
0: Wow. And that
1: idea of anonymous legacy, what's beneath our feet or indeed what's above our heads as we walk along the street, um, particularly um, in in the city center where there are bigger buildings, and it's often it seems like the ground floor is the only floor that's used that'd be a shop, and then who knows what's above it? Um, you know, maybe secret government headquarters or whatever. We <laughs> don't know. And uh, uh yeah, and, and just being aware of what's around us, but who built those buildings in the first place, yeah. yeah. Who were the architects? Who were the builders? All of the, uh, or indeed your own house. Who lived there before you and before them? Mm-hmm. You know, right. we're surrounded by all this history, and so that's really what I'm uh, mainly reading about at the moment. And it's not, and, and also of course, there's the natural world uh, that also forces its way in. I mentioned the fungus that joins the trees together. So. The book I'm reading, or a book that I'm reading at the moment, is called Islands of Abandonment by Cal Flynn. And uh, she uh, got the 2021 Bailey Gifford Prize for nonfiction. And this is about abandoned parts of the world that are being reclaimed by nature, or in some cases not being (laughs) reclaimed by nature because they're far too polluted. But it's amazing what nature can reclaim. Uh, And so uh, that's... uh, that's one example. Um, what else have I got? Um, I've got a book about ancestors, which I haven't started reading yet, Alice Roberts. But okay. this one is about uh, the prehistory of Britain uh, as they've dug up bones and they're able to analyse the bones and find out more about those people.
0: Is that the Dr Alice Roberts that's on the TV?
1: I would possibly, yeah, Um I, 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 I'm not quite sure, but uh, I think it may be quite... It's, yeah, um, I can't find the biography in there at the moment. Okay, I'm um, So what else have I got? Um, I mean, this, this one is very well-known, uh, Merlin Sheldrake's Entangled Life, which is about fungus. And the great thing about fungus is how little... We knew about it. I studied biology for my first degree in uh, in the nineteen seventies, and we did cover fungus. I remember uh, Michael Heiser and so on, but they found out so much more about the role of fungus and uh, in in the years since then. And so this is a really good popular book. Now, the fungi are as important as animals and plants, Mm. and we should all know about that. And then. my nephew is uh, something of an urban explorer so we we buy books from one another and this is one this is a book he got me for christmas a spotter's guide to countryside mysteries and uh who wrote that uh john wright w-r-i-g-h-t and this is uh a lot of quite short chapters but basically if you're walking in the countryside, in a wood or in a field or on the seashore, you'll see stuff and you think, "Oh, that's just something," you yeah. uh, know. But actually, when you find out what it is, it's uh, it can be uh, uh, really quite surprising. So, just opening at random um, to give you an idea, hollow ways. Um, ho- hollow ways are uh, roads where the trees grow right over the top of it. There's a pike oh, yeah. on either side, and I can't remember the reasons why, but there were reasons why people uh, sort of dug, dug out the roads or the roads sort of, uh, or, or perhaps the roads were used so much that they sunk below the level of the ground. Um, and uh, you know, the things that. Um, you perhaps don't give a second glance to, but when you know what it is, suddenly it becomes really interesting. Yeah. So there's loads in this book. Yeah. I think That's so, one of the ones I've recommended to the Book Academy. Yeah. Excellent.
0: Um, we, we're going to have to stop there and come back another time for your other books. But how much time do you spend reading?
1: Well, I spend uh, quite a lot of time reading while my computer boots up (laughs) 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 uh, and uh, I usually spend an hour or two each day
0: yeah and do you read more than one book at a time
1: oh yes yes I'm uh, I'm in the middle of uh, several books at the moment uh, because I I read quite a lot about storytelling as well Uh, not just reading short stories but also reading about stories so uh, I've got a book on the go at the moment about people in the past who've collected folklore and folk stories and their biographies right. and I'm um, just starting a book on Japanese mythology to wow. be a little about Are so um, very
0: eclectic in your choice of what you read?
1: Well I, I suppose in one sense it's eclectic but um, I'm my main passions at the moment are storytelling and this whole question of what's around us you know if if you like the context in which we tell stories yeah because i've listened to a lot of stories and one thing that i've noticed time and again is that people tend to tell the story as if they're sort of floating a few inches off the ground you know that it, it doesn't it really doesn't matter where the story took place you know the great sort of trauma uh but were they in you know, sometimes I don't even know what country they were in. <laughs> and, and I do think that the context, the places where we are uh, is, is really important. And it's amazing how a story comes alive with just a little bit of context uh, added, added to it. You know, that you're in a place and there were other people around and other things going on. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, none of us live a life. That's completely cut off from everything else that's happening around us. Yeah, yeah. and even if the only people that you're in, con- in contact with are the people who built your house 120 years ago, you're still benefiting from their lives.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's more connectivity there than is first. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's familiarity that is sort of red contempt here? Or do you just think we're just ignorant about it until we get to focus? I th-
1: I, yeah, I think it's about focusing and paying attention and being aware. Um, and, I, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we all tell stories all the time, all of us do that. Uh, so, so I don't blame people for not sort of thinking about it cause it's something that we take for granted. Um, but, uh, uh you know, uh, place uh, and time uh, are are important elements of your of your story, or or better, your stories.
0: Mm-hmm. Fascinating stuff. Well, thank you so much, Chris. It's been great to take a little ride on your shelf and or your piles of books. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you were going to write a book, I think anonymous legacies seem to be, would be an incredible place to start.
1: That would be a good title, wouldn't it? I'm it would. I'm
0: yeah. yeah, so I, I'll offer that to you. And obviously, <laughs> if you need a good publisher, you know where to come. But, right. yeah. and
1: yeah.
0: am okay. <laughs> <laughs> really, you know, taking the premise, the whole Book Academy premise is the more we read, the better writers we can become. And I take it with what you're doing within marketing and helping people tell their stories, maybe more the more they read the better their stories become
1: oh yes yes i'm I'm sure that's true and it's also about making the distinction between the raw material of your life which can include what you read and watch and so on uh and turning that into a story just because something happens to you doesn't doesn't make it a story in it in itself particularly if you're using the story for marketing you, uh-huh. know, you do need to think about it and or indeed if you're uh, using a story for uh, a book or something like that you need to find some way of structuring that story that's appropriate to the medium that you're using
0: excellent so where do we find out more about you and um your marketing uh, your website or i have a
1: website yes um do you have sort of show notes to this or
0: i will do yes
1: yeah so i can give you the link um to okay. put in the show notes
0: but ju- just just give to the www for now
1: right i'm just trying to remember it uh right well you know the www bit uh dot stories in business dot org dot uk
0: cool well that is brilliant and i'd just like to finish on your favorite quote do you recall it offhand i know you sent it to Uh, me oh oh,
1: yeah oh dear me now then
0: um the terry pratchett (laughs) one
1: yes um yeah yeah uh i don't know if i can remember it
0: um it starts off with sin young man if that helps
1: Yeah. yes um uh, it, it's a quote from uh, one of Terry Crashett's characters called Granny Weatherwax, who is uh, a very scary w- witch. She's she's one of the goodies. She's not a bad witch, but she is scary. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, sin. Sin young. Oh, it's something like sin young man is when you um, treat people treat treat people um, badly. Including Uh, yourself, something like
0: that. I'll read it out. Then it's sin, young man. Is when you treat people like things, including yourself. That's what sin is. Yes. Yeah, and and I just think that is. It was just amazing. I hadn't. I haven't read much of Terry Pratchett, so um, that that was really. He he,
1: he is. uh, Oh, he was a brilliant author. not only is he very funny, but he's also very good at plotting. And his stories are uh, always really ch- quite challenging to read and to follow all the various characters and how they interact. And uh, as as the book, because he wrote lots of the Discworld stories, and as, as they went that went on, it developed the characters. So Granny Weatherwax is a much simpler character in the early books and becomes very, very complex character as the books uh, in, in the her later books.
0: Wow, how interesting. Right, well, thank you so much, Chris. It's been a pleasure talking books with you and we'll do it again sometime.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: Thank you for listening to the Lady 80 show podcast. Come back, subscribe, and we'll do this all over again. Bye-bye.